My job's very easy. Two hours a day, basically reading prompts. Hey, weatherman! Every couple months, someone throws something at me. I receive a large reward for pretty much zero effort and contribution. The shakes and stuff are a reaction to that, I think. My father's Robert King's Bristol. He was a great writer and a great dad. You always worry about your kids. No matter how old, there's always looking after. Noreen! Ow! What are you doing? I was just... You turned into it. I encouraged Shelly to explore some other activities and interests. She picked archery. Ow! Time to get it together. I can get it together. Oh, that's great. Do you know that the harder thing to do and the right thing to do are usually the same thing? Let's go, Team Sprints! Totally. I'm gonna ask my guitar player after we're done with this, and he'll probably cool. be like, "Oh yeah." Was, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, do we just want to get right into it? Yeah. Hit it. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to Western Kabuki. This is Wack Nicholson. I am again joined by my favorite co-host, Bird Respector, Caleb. How are hey. you? Good. <clears throat> good. And we are very excited to be joined by Max, aka the Eve Six guy. <laughs> it's great to be here i'm sorry i didn't ask i i'm trying to get into the we're, we're trying to be professional over here i'm trying to get into the uh habit of asking people how they want to be introduced um but it oh, is I don't... It, does, it does seem to be how you introduce yourself a lot of the time yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> it works the so you are the first person max who has requested a specific film uh so what did what made you want to watch uh weatherman Okay, this is one of my favorite movies, and I, I'm, I'm not like, um, like uh, when when you guys submitted this to me, there there was no there was no hesitation. It was like immediately I thought of the Weatherman, and I just watched it again for the first time in I don't know how many years. It's been been a while since I'd seen it, and it was even better than I remembered. I I, I uh, um. I, I'm not sure if you guys share the same sentiments, but I, it's, it's such a devastating, it's such a devastating movie. It's so, yeah. well, it's so funny and heartbreaking and in a weird way, kind of inspiring. Um, sure. I, you know, it's like, it's like this unflinching stare down of, mediocrity yep. and i i relate to it in a lot of ways you know um i i too have a father who's like you know kind of a serious man um and i i definitely feel you know at times sort of deficient uh when i compare myself to him um and yeah, just it's just such a it's just such a searing critique, but of well, capitalism and um modern American life and like narcissism. I mean, maybe not in the clinical sense, but in the sense that we all have it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um sure. yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Um and we were talking uh, yesterday, Caleb and I, about this because I saw this movie in theaters and haven't seen it since before uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I thought it was great. Um, and it has a pretty bad reputation. And a lot of people are like, oh, that one's like uh, a shitty movie or whatever. I, I really, really loved it. I think it's time. just misunderstood, really. It's, it's like, yeah, what, what do you think that's about? I mean, I. I, I mean, do people Critics don't like to be bummed out, man? That's what a hundred. What it is that movie is like? It's it's droll. It's uh, yes, it's not a fun watch, but it's good. It's I think actually for the record, this is the first time all of us have liked the movie that we reviewed. Hell yes, so that's, that's fun. Usually, Wack takes the role of as the hater. <laughs> right? We've watched some. We've watched some stinkers so far, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
But I think, you know, my dad is also Michael Caine. <laughs> With an American accent. Michael Caine doing an American accent, which was a yeah. wild... Why that not was just have him do his normal accent? Like, it's he'd like, be oh, an even more British. devastatingly disappointed father if he had an English <laughs> accent, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's probably a good point about um, the critics' reception to it, because... Yeah, it really does hold up a giant mirror. I mean, uh, like you can't really watch it without like looking at yourself, and um, and it's pretty pretty uncomfortable and and heartbreaking. I mean, it's really it's a really it's equal parts yeah. sad and if you, and, if you and think about it in that context, sure. Max, like you're saying, like with like holding up a mirror to the audience uh, or to the critics specifically, I think that that is probably 100% correct. I think that like when you look at like uh, Academy Award winning movies or certain movies that like the critics end up really loving, it's like movies like La La Land where the story is somebody tries to make it in Hollywood and then they does or, or they do or somebody tries to follow their dreams and then they make it. And it's like this one, this guy is like, not following his dreams and right. he is making it and nothing really seems to make him happy about it and it's, you said a little bit earlier max about yes and he's that, not following his is, dreams and he is making many, it many yeah. and, critics and miserable people in the media <laughs> well what you said earlier max about like capital capitalism Certainly. and like maybe alienation from your work is a big part of that right and that's yeah at the crux of this and i really felt that too yes big time um and that there was the line that i wrote down that just succinctly summarized just that which is when he says i receive a large re reward for pretty much zero effort and contribution and yeah i mean it's not like he's he's not symbolic of like you know, your average working person here, he's making, you know, a ton of money, but yeah, he's, you know, his, his work, he, he's not contributing, he's not contributing anything and he's getting paid a lot for it and living with that contradiction, um, you know, yeah. proves too much for him he's such an interesting character because like this this movie doesn't it, it takes a piss on yep. most tropes like when he's asked questions like he tells yeah. he tells the truth more often than not even if he's leaving out bits of it and the effect that that has is so disarming and yep. and, and i and, think and going funny with, um, you know um what we were saying about like uh shit my brain just went so foggy <laughs> um he <laughs> fuck i can't remember that's okay Sorry. <laughs> uh what you were saying a second ago max uh maybe that doesn't ring true as like for for all of us as he gets his his reward but i don't know like not to take away from your point but i think all of us in the united states if you're at all maybe <laughs> class conscious or or whatever if you're paying too much attention i do feel like that sometimes it's like i don't do anything and then we look at some of these other places in the world maybe like <laughs> i do feel a little bit of that for sure i mean and again yep oh i do too yeah uh, and his, yeah, like, big uh, his, his characterization works in such a way that it's like he is there's no reason to actually like outward reason to be unhappy right and because he's like successful and his kids are pretty like he has the power to make his kids happy if they're not happy already he all he has to really do is like listen to people and you know put effort right. in and he's like unable to do it and in that way i think it's like it's really easy to sort of graft a lot of experiences onto it like max you mentioned your father but like any sort of thing of like any i think anybody watching this movie has felt the way he does at some point that they are either a fraud or they are a disappointment or they are sort of both at the same time or that like they feel bad for feeling that way and he kind of like really uh, like cage really takes upon himself to, to to portray that really really brilliantly in this movie i mean i i 
I, I'm gonna really heap praise onto this. I, I I don't have enough good to say about it. Yeah, he he's he he does it so well. One of the funniest lines to me, and I I didn't even I didn't even notice it the first time I saw it, but um, it's it's subtler. But um, when he's waiting in line at the beginning of the movie, what is he? He's like, forget where he is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. I want to say a DMV or something, but I don't know if it's that. Um, and you know, the guy is kind of like pestering him for an autograph and his, you know, yeah, his imposter syndrome and all of that is sort of leaping on him and he handles the situation really poorly. Um, and, but the line that really got me was, um, I just wanted to wait in line, man. Like, (laughs) That that is like, and it's so early, but it's such like a heartbreaking thing to see somebody. Yeah, like, such a yeah, like desiring yeah. desiring <laughs> waiting in a queue for a, fast food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ugh. It's almost like it's almost like so fucking end, brutal. Like, it's fast food. It doesn't taste that great. It, doesn't really fill you up it doesn't do anything good for you but you you eat it and that's what i am that's like the same he's basically saying the same thing there, right like yeah like, yeah even like what i provide to yes. others and to myself is as lacking to me as it is apparent to everyone else right the empty calories go you know i I put them out into the world and I am them. And it's like, um, I don't know. There's, but at the same time, there's like something, um, there, he, he does get to a place of kind of acceptance with it. And I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about that or whatever, but I do think, I I do think that, you know, we all kind of have to in in order to just like at at the individual level, it's like you, you, you sort of do have to allow and accept the circumstances of your situation to be as they are to an extent. And to the extent that you resist them and try to will them to be something that they can't be is the extent to which you'll be an asshole to the people who are, you know, asking you for an autograph because you're a weatherman or be, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. A, a, a dick to your ex-wife. Like, um, and he, he was from the outset, like from the beginning of the movie he was capable of uh self-honesty but not really acceptance and i feel like toward the end he sort of got to this place of yeah sure acceptance of mediocrity (laughs) you know which can maybe which maybe you know will make him a more effective dad a better dad a you know better the people in in his life or whatever but um obviously does nothing to move uh you know anything outside of his kind of small sphere of influence you know it's so it's still it ends on a kind of on a both hopeful but bleak note because it's like um, he's sort of accepting his situation. Maybe he might, maybe he might become a better man for it, but also nothing, nothing in the world or in I mean, he's got the new job. Systems really, like, is going to change at all. <laughs> haven't really changed all that much. It's more about how it's like his acceptance of his, his role, I suppose. Yeah. Um, also, and he's I, carrying a bow at the end, which is Yeah. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think that um, I think that you can compare this 
movie to a lot of these kind of like i mean the word that comes to mind is like nanosphere movies like fight club or falling down or these like white guy gets makes good mm-hmm. movies um sure. but like the one that i think this is most yes. like is american beauty and it's like first of all i think mm. way better a film than american beauty and also like has a way better message of like like american beauty was basically like because he kills himself at the end a spoiler but don't watch that film uh but the the, at the he kills himself he like tries <laughs> to do all these um tries to do all these things to uh you know improve his life he starts working out he starts smoking weed he quits his shitty job and starts working in fast food because it's easier and it's like the whole thing is about like a man like retaking his own uh manhood or whatever and i mean sort of the same with fight club but at the end uh the main character in uh, american beauty gets killed or kills himself i can't remember but the um this is like so much different because it's like what if you don't die once you get what you want what if you just sort of have to like accept that even what you want mm-hmm. is not going to like fix everything for you and i think that's like so much cooler i mean it's like so much more realistic than like the end of fight club where they blow up all the credit card buildings or the end of falling down where he goes on a killing spree it's like yeah yeah it's way more honest yeah and Uh, yeah if you Uh, uh, listen to like these highly successful people talk or you listen to people who are at the top of their field in any field, they all feel like they don't deserve it. They all feel like they're not good enough. They all feel like they don't have any reason that they're there and somebody else isn't. It's like very common. It's like very yeah. normal way to feel for these types of people. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. I mean, like that, <laughs> kind of careful of how I say it, I guess, but like, yeah, that exorbitant wealth for him for um, making what is like a a non-contribution really two hours of work a day. um, It, it it isn't good for him, you know, (laughs) Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't serve him like, uh, and I think even though, even though this, the, the suffering of someone like him is very different than the material of suffering of you know, someone who has more real problems, um, it's, it's, yep. it's suffering nonetheless. And like capitalism is, is leaving, leaving, uh, people like that with undeserved salaries with a feeling of um lack and emptiness that you know they can't reckon with also and yeah that that um, all that's suffering uh, too really great book um that i read a couple months ago called uh bullshit jobs by david graber and it's all about like great book yeah so it's all about like how if you don't um basically like the jobs he describes as bullshit are like corporate attorney and probably i mean weatherman would definitely fit in that sort of thing but it's like it's not it's basically jobs where you don't do anything where you're just fixing somebody else's mistake or you know you're not really contributing to the world in any way and it, it like um right right or you're even doing harm like that's no at least at least nicolas cage's character he his he's more of a non-entity it's not like him doing the weather is you know is is yeah really adversely impacting anyone's life it's just not really giving anything to it whereas like a corporate attorney is in the business of you know advocating for the interests of power mm-hmm. to the detriment of people mm-hmm. without it a lot yeah. of times and probably is actually and th- like this is uh it's so interesting by the end that like 
like the message of the movie is basically like at least I'm not hurting anybody you know it's it's like at least this is like not the worst it's like the, the, the conclusion he comes to yeah yeah and yeah and and he's you know he's he's on the parade float or whatever and he's still you know he's still doing the hierarchy thing in his mind because he like comforts himself by saying you know he might be behind the firemen who you know he he perceives to be doing you know work that matters um but yeah, he's, he's in front of spongebob, SpongeBob who <laughs> yeah, spongebob which he he definitely isn't i mean spongebob spongebob is art and and right. you know art is good and useful um but yeah in his own mind you know he's he's still he's still doing that thing measuring himself up and he and he, he yeah you know he yeah. always will be you guys think um what did you guys think about uh michael kane's character his his father like was he all virtue to you or did he have like did he have some of his own like kind of narcissism stuff that his son gleaned from him but it just just looked different was he like all do you think he I was think, all principle? I think or by the end you see that because, he is yeah. basically the same as his son. Uh, that yeah, yeah. He was also miserable. Basically, he kind of says it. He's like, in this shit life, what's the line? Right. In this shit life, you got to chuck some stuff. Which I didn't totally know what he meant by that. Like <laughs> he was saying chucking and sucking and fucking. Like that was that was the brain um kind of during the movie right. and you know people are I chucking fast food at i really couldn't Nicholas understand it's like his character the thing he says right before he dies and i just you know yeah i i i couldn't tell i couldn't tell if he was being emotionally generous there or was trying to be or if it was sort of another slight because you know he's symbolic of like virtue and principle kind of in the movie but he also you know he very much belittles his his son uh you know but i don't know if we're supposed to read that like he can't help but do it he's just being honest because the the world of his son the life Ooh, of his son is so absurd is to him that he just can't Nick understand it relationship with uh, or what's uh, his character relates to his son right right it's kind of the only like yeah you can view their relationship is you have to be kind of a father to, to really understand that and so you know i'm sure to nick cage's son uh he his father being a famous weatherman that would kind of loom large as well so that's kind of how i took it yeah yeah totally and at the at the dad's funeral at the end when the son tells Nicholas Cage's character that he wants sure. to be a cameraman for Monday night football. And then he looks at his dad and he's yeah. like, is that okay? Yeah. You know, he's looking for that same, uh, he's looking for approval that yeah. um, Nicholas Cage's character never got from his dad, that his dad really until the end never gave to him. But Nicholas Cage's character gave that to his son, which in some ways kind of i don't know elevates nicholas cage's character i think like maybe in some ways above his own dad's because i feel like his dad did almost relish in <laughs> again i don't know how much i'm projecting onto this or what like the but almost relish diminishing his did his, I, who his son michael Kane or, or you guys like feel that yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I think that like Michael Caine. I Michael. think that what you see in in each of these characters, especially um Nick Cage, Michael Caine and the wife, uh, um Hope Davis's character, you see like these different 
flaws in people very clearly. And they only see the flaws in each other. Yes. Like they don't see the good in each other. So and when you're thinking about Kane's character, you kind of yeah. like you're viewing it through Nick Cage. So how much of that is Nick Cage's projection, or how much right. of that is right, right? And and I, it, it's impossible right. to know right. because we don't even totally. really get a good background about. It's very vague what Michael Caine did to get such a claim as like a journalist or whatever it was, and and knowing what we know now about a lot of those old journalists and thinking of like Woodward and Bernstein and stuff, it's like a lot of them were kind of like hacks and like, yeah. like, mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of them were kind of, you know, rose in the ranks for reasons that weren't necessarily just talent and principle or whatever. And, and yeah, kind of had, Maybe there's there yeah. there was a yep. mediocrity thing there with the dad too that we just didn't get right, and so you have a bunch to of, of, of info about is like if he's a cameraman for Monday Night Football, how is he going to feel about his own father being like America's weatherman? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but yeah. so so it's like a cycle of like right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. It kind of um it it kind of is a prelude for just um you know, on down the line uh f further yeah, yeah. what what's the word? indignities, you know, like um with with each with each generation just because becoming sort of gradually more yeah, but I think mediocre that's like, and undignified. That's really, like by the end of it, he's kind of like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's nothing else, right? I mean, there's no like, there's no other way to really live your life. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a, a, a regional weatherman. There's nothing wrong with being a national weatherman. There's nothing wrong with being a, a cameraman at the at the Monday Night Football. It, it, but it feels like there is something wrong with them, and. Nobody seems to yes. realize that it's like within their own power. And, and I think that's kind of what the, the archery comes to represent is like the reason he took his daughter shooting uh, a bow and arrow is because she asked to, but he didn't ask why she wanted to. He didn't like get into it. And so what it ends up like representing by the end is this way of him like reclaiming a mistake and, and, and using it to empower himself. And he does the same thing with his job. And, and, and we see the, uh, basically the daughter does this um, uh, uh, naturally when she says that she thinks the kids call her camel toe because she's tough. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a great scene. And I can't believe she hasn't oh, acted. Like, man. I don't know why she didn't act after oh, this. But so yeah, she was great in this movie. She was, she was incredible. And... Incredible. Yeah, she, she is on Twitter, incredible. but her DMs aren't open, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, she uh, she was great, yeah. and yet that scene is like kind of what he does though, towards the end, kind of what every character learns to do, right? Uh, that they learn to. It's like people are going to call me Camelto regardless, so I might as well just think it's a good thing, and move on with my life. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, the way that the way that they wrote him as a parent was so good. It was so because uh, it was complex, you know, because he did in some ways he was a terrible dad. I mean, he was very he was, you know, obviously extremely self-centered and, you know, in his own head a lot of most of the time. Um, but he also did make an effort. You could tell that he, he cared and loved his kids and their well-being was important to him. And, you know, he, he, he took actions, you know, he, he, he did try, um, whether it was taking her to the archery lesson that she hated or, um, you know, defending his kid in the end to yeah. the person who tried to 
assault him. Uh, and like, that's something, you know, that he, he, it, 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 it wasn't it as simple as his being this like one note. Yeah, this is not like bad the dad character. The dad who's too busy with work. This is kind of something else. And speaking of the exactly. uh, that, that subplot, kind of the C plot of the movie, but uh, Nicholas Holt, the son, his oldest, his son, who's older than the daughter, is a. Uh, 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 being groomed by his drug counselor. I guess he got yeah, in trouble. And, what, what is, oh, is it a guidance counselor? Yeah. I was... uh, yeah, so the guy invites him over to his house. Yeah. He takes the shirt and takes pictures of him. He gives him beer. And then they get into a car accident, and the teacher claim or the counselor claims that, that the kid was trying to rob him, uh, but the kid claims that he was being molested. <laughs> And crash the car out of like panic. Um, and that is, if you compare this to American Beauty, a way better handling of that kind of subplot because basically the plot of American Beauty is the main character, Kevin Spacey's character, is trying to molest his daughter's friend. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, right? It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Uh, uh, like probably i don't know yeah. when did it come out like 25 years ago or something 99 shit yeah i probably saw it at the theater but i don't i don't remember it very well but um yeah i remember it yeah. being um, you know it's, not I mean, great it's well made it's sam mendez he's a really great filmmaker but the, it's aged horrendously and, and it has its moments but it's not um you know not a great not a great movie yeah. Oh, speaking of directors, this was made by Gore Verbinski, uh, mm -hmm. right before he made Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gore Verbinski and scored what? by Hans Zimmer. So it is the director of Pirates of the Caribbean and the um, and the composer for Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, and and Stephen Conrad, Stephen Conrad. That's who incredible. Who who, who wrote it? So like, there's some good people behind this for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Gore Verbinski, it, looking at... Oh, it's right after he did Pirates of the Caribbean. It's the next movie they did right after Pirates. Um, but just looking at his uh, like filmography of like directing, um, he was kind of on an upswing, and then it looks like Pirates really de derailed his whole last career because uh, then he made the other two... The next two Pirates movies, Rango, then The Lone Ranger, and then The Cure for Wellness, which I didn't see, but I heard it was pretty not good. Right, I mean, exactly. there, yeah, there's an analog yeah. there uh, to I'm, Nicolas Cage's character taking that check to pump out, yeah, you, you know, em empty yeah. calories. Um, I'm kind of, it, it did have me sort of wondering, I don't know, I never really looked into it, but knowing that Johnny Depp and Nicolas Cage are friends, I'm kind of wondering if Nick Cage was ever considered for Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> What a world we'd be living in. I know. Wow. He would not, he would not need a comeback. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. On that note, this movie is like yeah, that's for sure. a Nick Cage film. Like 100%. Yes. This is a, a kind of a brooding character study. It's like yes. what he loves to do. And kind of especially in this like mid-aughts time frame for him where he's, mm -hmm. I mean, he's still working. He's eating, but it's his career is not. I mean, we're still pre Wicker Man at this point, right? Uh, I think the next movie he made was Wicker Man. It was Wicker Man, yeah. So he was like right on the precipice of disaster here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. This is like Ghost Ride. So yeah. Oh God, this is bummer. Okay, so in order, uh, Nick Cage did Wind Talkers, which was like a big Oscar bait movie at the time. Yeah. yeah. Sunny, which I don't know what that is, but then he made Adaptation, Matchstick Men, National Treasure, Lord of War, and The Weatherman in order. And Season then, old. and then, wow, World Trade Center, Wicker Man, Ghost Rider. Oh boy, <laughs> that's when he starts the fall. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Nicolas Cage is that is is and the character I, I was here the whole time in, I was watching it, like, in a lot of ways because there are a lot of these like white dude gets revenge on the world. And to be very clear, if I haven't already, I think this is the best of them. I, I do like the Fight Club movie, but I think this is the best of what they like sort of say about the world. 
Yeah, because because it's honest and and he doesn't there you know if there's a happy ending it's a very it's very marginally happy it's like you know he doesn't uh he he doesn't get out of his condition i think he just learned kind of accept much better of a message especially for disaffected rich white guys to hear it's like the the lesson is like get over yourself more than it is yeah. like uh get back at the world yes he doesn't hurt anybody right exactly right. exactly he he right no no that's that's a that's a huge that's distinction so from, easy to from those from class those other politics movies. of this and like not so much the racial politics i don't i don't feel like with this being like in a sad depressed white guy i don't feel like this is as like he's not angry that like a black woman took his job at some point or something you know that like he's not i feel like this is a very universal story i don't feel like this is something where a person of color who is unaware with of this movie would see it for the first time and be like damn white people complain a lot where people do say that about movies like fight club or whatever sure that like Right, because the the white guy here is centered in the critique. I mean, you know, he's he's very much being. Oops, exactly. Uh, we lost Max. Okay, you yeah, know, he's not being Max looked here. at charitably. His grievances aren't being given oh, some like okay. it's going well though. You know, yeah, it's going good. Import or something that they don't have. Then wrap her up. Yep. You know. Um. I am going to say it on the recording, too. I guess it was still recording. But uh, uh, we are jumping around. We didn't really like, do a plot thing for this. Yeah, I was going um, to ask if we wanted to do that earlier, but we just got into it, so I said yeah, yeah. I feel like the plot is like told out of order. It's and... not. It's, this is a nonlinear story. Oh, Max story is back. Sure. Oh, hey. Sorry, mm. you cut out for a second, buddy. Not a big deal. Oh, hey. Um, yeah, so the plot oh, sorry. is told out of order, and... I that I think was a weakness. I don't think it needed to be. Um, it didn't feel thematically necessary to skip from like before the son was in the car accident to after and before he got the job to after he got the call or whatever. It's like that it didn't add anything. I didn't no. understand that. I think that was a big thing in the mid 2000s. I, I remember distinctly a lot of like people saying that about movies from like like 2002 to 2007 era of like. Uh, uh oh it was it was a good movie but it was hard to follow or it jumped around in time a lot i feel like that's something sure. people said about movies a lot back then and yeah this one definitely didn't didn't need that element to it it's funny i didn't even notice that but as you say it i i can kind of see I, I can see how that was definitely the case but i'm also like <laughs> impervious <laughs> to fucking understanding plot lines it's usually or caring too. about them Mm. <laughs> it's all vibes yeah, this it's all vibe it's like movie. Nick experiential Cage is vibe movies uh this one unfortunately was not a very good vibe but it was still a vibe yeah it was an educational vibe it taught you about yourself yeah whack when we do the premium episode for this when we watch it live uh let's try and see if we can piece together why they did the the plot jumping yeah that's fine um i i my guess is a studio note would be my <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but we'll yeah we can, right. we can examine that um i'm looking through like yeah go i think what, what real quick when i cut out i was i was saying like um his his character is is the center of the criticism and unlike those other movies his, his like his his grievances aren't um given any you know special treatment you sort of yeah. see them for not you see them for what they are you know the man himself um yeah um right and i did right exactly the sort of breaking point the sort of uh climax or not the exact climax but like when we yeah, find out really quick can i jump in yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh before you get to that I don't see I 
don't know if Max's track is recording again since he hopped back in. If you look at the the interface, it's kind of hard to tell. So I'm going to pause it and start over again just to make sure. Yeah, that's fine. No, it says you're good. Um, it's supposed to record automatically. That's the whole idea of the. Yeah, yeah. I think thing. we're. It's got the green light. I think we're fine. It's just not okay. showing on me. Yeah, and to feature reference, Caleb, uh, you have a different okay. interface than I do because you're like in charge of the call, so yeah. I can't always see what everybody else is doing. Um, okay. But yeah, what I was uh, saying is like the part where um, we find out why his marriage fell apart, where we find out that. Um, it was because of tartar sauce and because he was supposed to go and get tartar sauce. You also realize that like this guy has ADHD. (laughs) That is the, the whole thought process and not being able to keep anything in his head. And the fact that he didn't write it down and the fact that she's like, you don't listen. Um, like anybody who has or knows someone who has ADHD, it's like, that's very, uh, sort of textbook how they behave. (laughs) I dude, <clears throat> I mean, I've I I've never I haven't been diagnosed. I did have a therapist once tell me, you know, that she thinks I probably yeah. have it, but it wasn't like a psychiatrist or anything. But, um, but I've never seen a more accurate depiction of, you know, the just the inside of a mind, like, uh, going out to do. A, a menial task trying to remember a thing and just having yeah it's just like the model of a mind just fucking all this yeah all this impertinent phenomena arising <laughs> that ends up you know making him of course forget to yeah. get the tartar yeah. sauce which is yeah. the straw and, that breaks um, the camel's back I don't I don't have ADHD but I have a teacher and so like I have said to kids before, like, you are not listening. And they're like, yeah, but I, I, I want to be listening. And it's like, I mean, it's like mm. those kids have diagnoses and know how to communicate better than Nick Cage does in this movie. But, like, you just look at somebody like that and it's like, you, you aren't hearing what I'm saying. They're like, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not not hearing it on purpose. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's hard to sort of argue with, and, right. and it makes sense why she would leave him because of that. Because if you don't have the tools or any way to to talk about, uh, to talk about like that kind of frustration or any awareness of like ADHD or how to handle somebody with ADHD, it's 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 very very frustrating. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's frustrating to be on the other end. Too. Shit, I, mean, I lost you guys. Like, I think. Can you hear me? Freaks the fuck out just oh, simply because they're like you didn't tell me this. And it's like, yes, I did. And they're like, fuck you. Like that's, I mean, I, I've seen it on both ends and, and it's, it sucks. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you cut out again. It's okay. You're fine. Sorry. Can you guys hear me? I I think I lost you. Um, And I I think it's like a really, uh, it's a really powerful look at, at what that is without talking about it, you know, without saying, um, without saying, the, he he suffers from this specific diagnosed issue or whatever. Yeah, he's just a depressed guy who's having a hard time keeping it together with, because of that. Right. And as somebody who does have that diagnosis, <laughs> I actually did not pick up on that. But now that you mention it, yes, a hundred percent. Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Can you guys hear me? I don't think he can. I'm gonna leave all this in so they know. <laughs> Weird. Let's do this. Okay, then. I can't I'm hear you. To um, stop. Oh, he can't hear us. So <laughs> I'm, gonna st- I'm gonna stop the episode and, and then we'll restart just, it. Yeah, that's we'll fine. restart it. Okay. Cool. All right, we're back. Uh, hopefully, no more issues. We could probably start to sort of wrap up, talk about uh, final thoughts on this. But I, I, sure. yeah. I would like to just reiterate uh, for probably the fifth time in this recording that I think this movie really holds the level of cultural significance, or at least should, to something like Fight Club or uh, V for Vendetta or any of those movies that the the, the far right have, have co-opted, but that like really do resonate with people. And and, and this one really this one really hit hard, and I think it uh, I think it deserves a reexamination. Amen.
Yeah, great choice, Max. Thanks, when you, guys. Uh, when you first uh, said this is what you want to do, I got to admit I was a little surprised, but uh, uh, pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I'm 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 really glad we did it, and I'm glad I watched it watched it again. It had been a while, and it was one of those things where I was like, "Is it, you know, is this going to hold up? Am I going to think it's good?" And I was like, you know, <laughs> just in it. He's so goddamn good. He's such a strange fucking actor, you know, like. Yeah, we didn't really get into any of the the caginess of this movie, but this is like, this is a perfectly Nick Cage. Like nobody else could have brought to this movie what he did. And um, for a little bit of background for you, Max, um, like we've been sort of trying to study Nick Cage as an actor, like more as like an artist uh, than the sort of like making fun of his big performances and his over the top sort of way of doing things like examining that stuff as if he's doing it on purpose because he is and and what he's trying to do with acting and i think this one's so good because the the big cage moment where he runs out into traffic it's like even kind of understated oh and that was something i didn't even i this was like one of the big things that moment at the end where he he's running out into traffic and he's drunk and he's like freaking out that to me like wasn't even that big of like a freak out yelling uh, in your face type of thing and i kind of wonder as we go through the rest of his movies how much of nicholas cage uh nicholas cage's reputation has to do with the way he's shot in the moment because mm-hmm. it was the movement of the cameras it was the way he was running he never really even appeared to be in that much danger, but the camera makes it look like he is. And and I'm wondering how much of his reputation for being so over the top and ridiculous is actually being done on purpose to to convey a message that some people just aren't getting. Yeah, that's interesting. He seems he seems like he's in possession of this like kind of advanced. <clears throat> um, genius self-awareness thing and i wouldn't put much past him like i think i agree it um i'm trying to remember the part in this movie where i felt like he he was so much the character that he was not being a good at (laughs) How do, how do you say it without sounding like um, he was like almost acting badly on purpose. Like he was almost removing. This is going to sound so pretentious, but like. He was he was almost taking the art out of of a part of the performance here, which obviously he wasn't really doing that. You know, it had the the opposite effect because he he was just like being this character and it well, made it. Yeah. Let me help you out here because this is something that he has talked about specifically. So the reason we called the podcast Western Kabuki is because that is like a, a philosophy of acting that Nick Cage has where it's like, you aren't portraying an emo like you are, betray- the, the, the emotion is the character almost where you get so big that it isn't the character anymore. It is the feeling that the character has where you sort of shift from behaving like a character to sh- behaving like the emotion the character is feeling, and and it, it, it's it's this larger than life, interesting portrayal that is supposed. To, so, like, if you think about like Kabuki theater, which is about like the spirit of a fox raping your grandmother as a way to dishonor your ancestors or something. It's like right. that's kind of what he's bringing to it, and it's like Western Kabuki because it's even like he's toned down from kabuki but turned way up from like a western acting sensibility yeah 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 Yeah. yeah. that's fascinating yeah that's like it (laughs) yeah 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 he's um yeah he's really he's really something and i think i think this movie is is definitely one of his i think more important performances and especially because he's also talked about um wigs as a form of like he has like a wig stylist somebody who makes specific wigs for each of his characters and this hairstyle this wig that he wears in this movie is like incredible for the it's it's perfect the hair is perfect (laughs) for the character it's like you can tell he's a pathetic loser just by looking i i would say it's as good as his uh uh 
uh, Charlie Wig in, um, in in adaptation where he plays Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Caleb, what are your what are your closing thoughts? Um. Yeah, I guess it's just kind of interesting. The only really lingering thought that I have is just like how and why it was so panned by the critics. Um, like we kind of started the episode off. Yeah. I don't really understand why. Um, you know, it should have the staying powers you were saying lack in some of these other movies, like at least American Beauty. I mean, yep. You know, uh, I misunderstood for a couple of reasons that I think that we talked about. Some maybe we missed. Um, I don't know. It's a great movie and. Uh, no, no notes. Good movie. I think that it's just uh, one of those ones that you miss. Yeah. And oh, one more thing I did want to say is that like very weird that it was panned by critics because normally when something's panned by critics, it's because it's up against all these like really brilliant or really similar movies of a similar mm-hmm. time or whatever. 2005 is uh, famously a dreadful year for movies yeah uh it's the movie it's the year that the sisterhood of the traveling pants the island mr and mrs <laughs> smith uh the fog remake uh johnny knoxville's the ringer uh the fourth harry <laughs> potter movie um, uh hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy aeon flux uh herbie fully loaded Fun with Dick and Jane, Wedding Crashers. It's like the best movie that came out that year was probably History of Violence. Uh, but then like it's like even the yeah. pretty even the pretty good movies like um Batman Begins, like they're not <laughs> Brokeback Mountain won that year for uh uh Best Picture, but it's like a horrendous year for movies. So it's very weird that the weatherman wouldn't <laughs> rise above any of those to Yeah, oh, yeah there was nothing else even crap. Yeah. 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 No one has seen this fucking movie either. Like I, whenever I bring it up, people are like, Oh, I've never seen it or never heard of it. Like it just completely missed the public consciousness, at, at least in my experience when I bring it up to people. Um, so it is funny. You are the first guest we've had who requested the movie. You are not the first person to request this specific movie though. When I've talked to people. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Christy Yamaguchi main at uh, waffle house. Uh, he uh, also asked to do this movie. So I'm, I'm talking to him right now. I'm trying to see if he wants to do the commentary with us uh, later. But um, cool. yeah, he um, this is like it does have its fans. And I really hope that there can be a, a reexamination of it because I, I really thought it was it was really beautiful. I'm so glad you guys. I'm so glad you guys think so, man. Yeah. And I'm glad you asked me to do this because it was a, a pleasure to watch it again. Even yeah, absolutely. Comfortable. Cool. Um, so I am on Twitter. I am Wack, uh, Wack Nicholson, Wack with a silent H. Uh, Caleb is Bird Respector. Um, Max, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I'm at Eve6 on Twitter. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it. <laughs> Stream Inside Out on Spotify. No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I do uh, have uh, actually an advice column now that I'm doing that I'm really enjoying. Um, oh, cool! I saw that. On Twitter, you'll you know you'll you'll see that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, this has been Western Kabuki. Goodbye.